Hi, I'm Joy. Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Girlish Gurus. And Susan, why are we here? We are here to start a conversation about female empowerment and the issues facing women our age at this time, and to have some fun along the way. So let's get started. Okay. All right, so today we have Lorraine Miano with us from Making Menopause Magical, and Lorraine is a menopause-focused health coach, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about menopause. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? And making it magical. Yes, and making it magical. <laughs> yes, and of course, at some point, talk a little bit about your book, too. But sure. the first thing I think that we want to talk about today is just what happens to your body as you're going through menopause. Right. Yeah. The physical aspects of it. Yeah. And which can be, um, sim- some symptoms can be very debilitating for women going through menopause and they're not even aware when they're in the perimenopause phase, what's happening to them. So we can kind of start there mm-hmm. if you want. I think that's a great idea. I yep. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So perimenopause, um, the average age for a woman to reach perimenopause is in their mid-40s. And it can happen earlier. It can happen as early as their mid to late 30s, but that's considered premature perimenopause. And sometimes that's because of health issues, different underlying health issues. But for most women, it it starts around the mid-40s. It can last from anywhere from 2 up to 15 years. And then menopause is actually just one day. It's the 12-month anniversary of when menses cease. And the very next day, a woman is considered postmenopause and will be for the rest of her life. So during the perimenopause phase, some of the first symptoms women may experience, like I said, are anxiety, low libido, irregular periods, and that can mean anything from skipping periods to having more than one period in a month. And um, along with that can be fatigue, um, hair loss, different things like that. And we like to say that they are, they're not really symptoms of menopause, they're symptoms of hormone imba- imbalance. And although they can be common, they're not necessarily normal, and women don't have to experience them. Okay, so that's a big topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the common symptoms of hormone imbalance, and how can you address those? So I, I like to tell women the first thing is, look at what you're eating. So food is medicine. And a lot of us are eating processed foods. Mm -hmm. And those can lead to a lot of hormone imbalance. So eliminating sugar and stress, I would say just off the bat are two of the worst things for for women in general. So if you can eliminate all those processed sugars, all of that from your from your diet, that can actually be a great start that can help with the weight gain that you may be experiencing. And then lowering those stress levels will prevent that cortisol you know, elevating cortisol, which can contribute to that belly around the middle that we get. So really paying attention to our diet, movement is a big thing. So it can be as simple as walking every day. It doesn't have to be anything strenuous, because actually, for women in this phase, exercise that is extreme, actually raises cortisol levels and can be detrimental to hormone balance. Yeah. So some of the best things are yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, walking, rebounding, which I love is jumping on the little trampoline, which is also great to prevent osteoporosis. Hmm. But also, um, just keep in mind for women that may have pelvic floor issues, that may not be an option, the rebounding. Yeah, well, that would be bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> so, but if you do have those issues, seeing a physical therapist, a pelvic floor physical therapist is highly recommended. Really? Yeah. There is such a thing. Yes. And as a matter of fact, I wish I knew about it. My daughter just had a baby and she, I, I told her, I said, please, when you, after you give birth, see a pelvic floor physical therapist now. I said, because what I experienced later in life with a prolapse, a uterine prolapse, a rectocele, which is when you can't really poop. And <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah, different things like that happen. So, and if I would have known that after giving birth to three very large children vaginally, I probably wouldn't have had the issues that I had and wouldn't have had to have a, a hysterectomy. So paying attention to those things early in life is, and we can get to that too, that I love to talk about the second talk, which is really talking to our daughters from an early age, mm-hmm. um, nieces, whoever, young women in your life, because that's when they should be paying attention to all the things that could contribute to what's happening to them later and during their menopausal years. Wow. <laughs> that's, it's always a lot. <laughs> You know, I went through menopause already, but I don't know that I knew enough about what the symptoms looked like. And I think, like you said, for I think for every woman, they're different. Mm-hmm. So how do we know? How do we know that that's actually what it is versus just some other form of physical ailment or emotional or mental ailment that we're going through? How do we know that it's menopause and not something else? Well, and... For, for a lot of women that go to their physicians, their primary care doctors, they'll tell you to get blood work done and to see what the hormone levels are. However, that's only a snapshot in time because hormones are fluctuating throughout the day, months, weeks. And so that doesn't really give you a true sense of where you are. It really is going by the symptoms that you have and the age that you are. So if you're having multiple symptoms happening, such as the anxiety and the weight gain and the low libido, and there's a good chance you're perimenopausal, and especially if you're having irregular periods. So just keeping track of how those periods are going, and once you start once you start not having them anymore, really keeping a calendar, because there are some women who will go 11 months without a period and then all of a sudden start again, and you have to start over from that date, 12 months from, right. from that date. So mm-hmm. they'll think that they're getting ready to be hit menopause, and yet, no, they're still perimenopausal. So it's really a matter of just the symptoms that you're having. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, like, how do you know that those symptoms are not an underlying health condition? So we do want to check with our healthcare provider to be sure there's nothing else going on such as like if you're experiencing irregular periods or heavy bleeding, you want to make sure we don't just have fibroids, um, check for you know uterine cancer, cervical cancer, those kind of things. Of course, we want to check with our healthcare provider to eliminate any other health conditions. But overall, if you're experiencing a list, and there's a list that you can go through and check off, you know, you, there's a good chance you're perimenopausal. Do you have a list or do you have information about this on your website? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All and right. That- and I'll put the Link to the website in the description of the podcast. Okay. Yeah, there are lots of resources there. There, I have a symptoms tab that you can click on, and then there's different articles or products or different things for each of those symptoms, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when you were going through menopause, mm-hmm. did you use any hormone replacement therapy? I did not, no. And I don't even know that it was a conscious choice. I, I was on birth control for part of that time. But then I did go off of it. And I think once I did, that kind of moved the process mm. of menopause a little more quickly for me. Yeah. So I've never, I've never taken any. And how was it for you? Well, when I think back now, 
I think some of the symptoms were probably pretty severe and I was attributing them to possibly other things. I had a very stressful job. I was working a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting sufficient sleep. So I was very emotional and quick tempered, right? I had some hot flashes, but not bad. My sleep was just horrible. Yeah, and that's a big one for a lot of women, insomnia and sleep issues. And unfortunately, that can be like a vicious cycle. So you're not sleeping. And then the whole next day, you're trying to accommodate for all the, the loss of sleep. So you're drinking tons caffeine. of caffeine, right. which contributes to anxiety mm-hmm. and yes. high stress levels. So yeah, it becomes like this wheel that you're on. And, and a lot of it is just hormone imbalance. And I noticed the libido change too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, so all of those things, but like I I think because I didn't have someone that I was talking to about it. Ah, and here we go. <laughs> I was attributing it to possibly other things, you know, and I think that was a mistake on my part, obviously. I mean, I think I felt like I was going through it blindly in a way. And that's yeah that's for so many women that is the big conversation right now is because they're not getting the help that they need from their physicians from their healthcare providers because unfortunately many of them are not educated in menopause and so they don't realize themselves what these women are going through and we had discussed this earlier but about anxiety a lot of them are just hand, women are handed a pill and here take this yes. rather than getting to the root of what's really going on in those hormone imbalances so Unfortunately, that's the conversation that needs to be had. Not that unfortunately, fortunately, that's the conversation mm-hmm. that needs to be had. And unfortunately, the there's no protocol out there for we, well, first of all, we don't talk about this as a society. We don't talk about it. Right. It's not something that has ever been discussed. My mother didn't talk to me about it, not only to complain that she was didn't feel great, yeah. but First of all, I don't know that she knew mm-hmm. what well, she knew what was going on, but she didn't know any of this. She well, didn't under, know hormone balance yeah. as a protocol or any of that kind of stuff. And nowadays, there's a stigma that surrounds menopause. And if you admit that you're menopausal, it's almost like you're admitting that you're old and you're insignificant and you're mm-hmm. becoming invisible. So women don't want to talk about it because Western culture has done a good job of vilifying menopause. So. Fortunately, more people such as myself and even Hollywood actresses are coming forward to talk about it more and making making it more mainstream, making it something that we, we need to talk about and really educate everyone about, not just our daughters, not just ourselves, but our significant others, anyone in our life, our bosses, if, we're, if we are a boss, our employees. And that's another big thing that's happening now is menopause in the workplace, where they're actually making more accommodations for women in the workplace, because unfortunately, women may come, may come in, haven't slept, they're having major hot flashes, and they may need like a special relief room to go to, maybe something that's a little cooler for them to find some relief, and maybe making accommodations for coming in a little bit later, working a little bit later mm-hmm. because of the sleep issues and different things that happen to to their bodies during menopause. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the sleep, I did notice, the sleep issues, that that has changed. And I had minor hot flashes, my hot flashes were not like massive. They were like a tingling kind of, and, and my, my torso, my core would heat up and it would just last for a short period of time and then calm down for the mm-hmm. most part. 
But I'm tossing and turning because I've got to, in one moment I need the, the blanket and the next moment I don't. Yeah. And so, of course, my husband's, what's going on with you? Okay. <laughs> a foot in, a foot out. <laughs> don't, don't come over here. Don't come over here. It's not going to be good. No. But, so, you know. The leg out of the blanket. Yeah. That's oh, always. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Immediate relief, yes. right? <laughs> and my sister, who is older than me, eight years older than me, she was done by the time she was 48. Oh, wow. And so I did not know. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. at that point it was just starting. But no, I'm actually, I'm 49 and I'm done. Yeah. And I've apparently been done for a little while. So I did not know. I mean, we don't talk about it. We don't, and I went to my gynecologist, nice nice lady, nice person. And we were talking about it. And she suggested basically staying on my current prescription for a period of time. Because it levels out your hormones. And so I said, okay, well, I'll keep taking those birth control pills and that's that will level my hormones out. Then she said, we're going to test your follicle-stimulating hormone. So stop taking them for a few days and then go and have the blood test and then we'll, we'll see how it's going. And so I did. And she contacted me and said, I've seen your results. I think you should continue taking it. And so I just thought to myself, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to stop. Because mm-hmm. I talked to my friend Lorraine, <laughs> and she said, "See, she said it takes longer than just a few days for that to process out of your system." And so I stopped, mm-hmm. and have never resumed. And also, women don't realize that. And there's more conversation about this now too. And birth control is so important for for women, right? Mm-hmm. However, it can lead to hormone imbalance for probably everybody because it can lead to estrogen dominance, which has all the symptoms of hormone imbalance. So you can have irregular periods, loss of libido, weight gain, all of those things from estrogen dominance. And because for a lot of women, it's just a generic kind of prescription, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it, it, there are bioidentical hormones, which may be better for some women. And they're compounded specifically for you for what your levels mm. are, that kind of thing. But in general, I'm not adverse to hormone replacement because it is a lifesaver for for many women that have debilitating symptoms. But I always suggest along with the hormone replacement that they find a holistic approach also. Because if you're doing hormone replacement, but you're still eating like crap and you're not moving and your stress levels are off the chart, that's not beneficial to your hormone balance at all. Mm -hmm. You'll still have hormone imbalance and you still experience symptoms. Hormone replacement can be good. Like once you go through menopause, you're at higher risk for osteoporosis and heart disease later. And they say that estrogen does help prevent that. But if you choose not to do hormone replacement, there are so many other things that you can do to prevent that also. For osteoporosis, movement, weight training, vitamin D3 with a K2 because you want to be able to keep the calcium in your bones so that it doesn't leach from your bones and that K2 helps that to happen. I would say, and for many women, you may want to check with your cardiologist, calcium, taking a calcium supplement may not be good because it can lead to calcification of of your arteries and lead to heart disease. So we want to make sure that if we are taking a calcium supplement that we are taking the K2 and magnesium with that to prevent Mm -hmm. that from happening. Okay. That's so much. (laughs) But it's good information. It's important. Yeah. Like I said, I did not have a conversation with my gynecologist about that. And she said, well, when I went back the next year, 
she said, so how are you doing? I said, I'm good. I have stopped taking my prescription altogether. And she said, okay, so I wonder if maybe hormone replacement therapy is going to be good for you. And I said, well, actually, I have a friend who is a menopause-focused health coach, and she has suggested a product with maca root in it, and I've been taking that, and it's an adaptogenic herb. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That pill... I take it twice a day at 8.30 in the morning and 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That has been just fantastic. Mm -hmm. For so many women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it helps to balance the hormones. I would say if you are a woman who has experienced any kind of female cancer, not to take it. Or you can check with your doctor and do it under a doctor's guidance. Only because it does increase estrogen production. And if you have an estrogen-related cancer, then you might not want to take it. There are other things that you can take. However, for most women who choose not to do hormone replacement, it is a great supplement to take for so many things, low libido, stress levels, hot flashes. It, and for one woman, just recently on my in my support group, she started taking it for three days and her horrible hot flashes went away. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she said, yes, yes, this is a miracle mm-hmm. for so many women. And it's much less invasive generally speaking then there are more benefits to it than any kind of side mm -hmm. effects than a hormone replacement Mm -hmm. therapy yes if you can yeah yeah and for me i'm 63 years old i have i did not do hormone replacement and that was my personal choice and as a holistic health coach i knew that i had options open to me um i'm not on any medications other than the supplements that i Mm -hmm. take you know vitamins and different supplements and um, which doctors are shocked when I come to the doctor and they say, okay, so where, where's your prescription list? I'm like, I don't take anything. Me too. <laughs> me too. Right? It's, it, they are. They're amazed at yeah. that. Yeah. Like, how old are you? You know? And yet I, mm. I, I recently told a story when I was going for my colonoscopy and, and the nurse came in and she asked me, so, you know, what, what medications? I said, none. And she looked at me kind of funny. And then she said, uh, I said, but I do take supplements. And I listed a bunch of supplements and she gave me like this look like you're crazy, you know? <laughs> and then and then I heard her go to each side of me, and there was a, a young man who was in his 20s on one side, like I had the curtain between me, and a woman who was probably my age, maybe just a little bit younger than me on the other. And she asked them the same questions, and the young man gave a list of prescriptions, and the woman on the other side gave a list of prescriptions, like for her diabetes, for her heart disease, mm-hmm. for high blood pressure, for all kinds of things. And Many of these things are preventable. So I want women to take it, take this advice from an early age. If you're listening to this and you are in your 20s, 30s, 40s, pay attention now to what you're putting in your body. And we'll talk about what you're putting on your body as well. Mm-hmm. But what you're putting in your body, your movement and your stress levels now, because that will affect how your health, how you experience your health span in later life. And we want a long health span versus just a long lifespan because you don't want to be suffering for the right. rest of your life. Right. Right. One of the things that I think has prompted me to to try to take care of myself as best I can, and we can always all do better, right? Mm-hmm. But was watching my mom and all the medications that she was on. I mean, the pill day was Saturday to fill up the pill box of all of the medications she had to take four different times a day. Mm-hmm. And I just used to get so upset by that. And I mm-hmm. thought, I, I, I don't want to be there. Yeah. Right. I want to do that. But Lorraine, can you talk a little bit about postmenopause mm-hmm. and what we normally see then? And do any of these symptoms go away altogether? Do they stay with us? And what are the things we can do in postmenopause to help 
manage some of the things that come with that, like still the weight gain and the difficulty in losing weight. Sleep can still be an issue. Can you talk about some of those things? So fortunately, a lot of the symptoms like hot flashes and anxiety and those kind of things will subside for most for most women. But again, it depends on lifestyle choices. And for many of the things that we do for perimenopause, we should still continue to do for postmenopause, such as eating a healthy diet, eliminating all the processed foods, movement is so important, we want to keep moving. And that can be as simple as a 20 minute walk every day. We have to concentrate on those keeping the stress levels low by for many women, right, we're still working well into Mm -hmm. our 60s and 70s. So stress levels may be elevated, or we may be that sandwich generation where we're taking care of adult children who may be living with us, but also caring for our aging parents. So stress levels are off the chart. So there are different things we can do for that, such as breathing exercises, such as meditation, gratitude journaling, going for massages. And some of these things can be expensive, like a massage. So if you have a significant other or somebody who's willing to trade off, (laughs) give each other a massage because that is so great for stress relief really beneficial for stress relief. Again, exercise is great for stress relief. So, and if you can say no, learn to say no and take some things off your plate, that's also a great place to start. And if you're a caregiver, see if you can seek out help because that is one of the biggest stress levels for women during these years, taking care of our aging parents. So if you can take some of that off your plate and I would suggest seeking out a senior care specialist Mm -hmm. And we can link something to, to someone that we know mm-hmm. for that be, because the, that's so important for women to take some things off, off of their plate. Mm-hmm. Stress is a big one. Yeah. I wonder sometimes if that is not the big one. Sugar and stress. Sugar and stress. Sugar yeah. and stress. I would say for postmenopause, perimenopause, young people. I mean, obviously, when you're young and your metabolism is a little bit different, you're not, you're not going to notice these things, right? Because you can handle them. Mm-hmm. But as we get older, of course, things change and you're not gaining the weight and not not really eliminating it. Recently, I went on this retreat from this author, Kat James. So she is the leading expert on leptin resistance, which leptin is a hormone that they only discovered in the early 90s that we have in our bodies. And it's the hormone that regulates your appetite levels. It's the hunger hormone. Hunger hormone. Mm -hmm. And so I did this retreat, which is absolutely fabulous. I actually, I'm a health coach, right? I think I'm living a healthy life. I do most things in a healthy way. Yet I was able to lose 11 pounds on this. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And migraines that I have experienced for 20 years, every month for three days with very little exception are gone. (laughs) So basically, yeah. So basically, leptin is so important and leptin resistance. So you want to be leptin sensitive, which means that you want to be burning fat. You don't want to be burning sugar. And unfortunately, our society is based on a sugar-based diet, the SAD diet, which is the standard American diet. And we want to really pay attention to eating healthy fats in our diet. And since we've, I don't know who actually started this, but in the early 60s, they they vilified eating fat. Yes. Okay. And- we think it's the sugar industry that actually did that. <laughs> so, but since that happened, since everything's gone to low fat and eliminating fat, mm-hmm. obesity, diabetes, heart disease have all been elevated, right? So they've not done anybody a favor. 
and anxiety levels as well. I'm convinced that once they've eliminated healthy fats from people's diet, our brain needs healthy fats. Mm -hmm. Anxiety levels have elevated also. So women, eat your healthy fats. Mm -hmm. But I would suggest looking into leptin. And if anybody is interested in Cat James' program, I would be happy to talk to them about it. Hmm. That's so much to think about. It's so much to absorb. It's true. Like this may be overwhelming for women. This may be so overwhelming thinking everything you need to do. But it can be really very simple. Eat good food, right? Eat whole foods, eliminate the crap, find ways to reduce stress, and move. Good start. Just baby steps. And even if it's just one thing each week, each month, if you're going in the right direction and eliminating some of those toxins from your body, it's a good place to start. So that's a lot of information to absorb, but this is a good place to stop for this particular episode. And I think what we're going to do is we're actually doing a couple of different topics and series of podcast episodes on those topics. And I think this needs to be one of them because there's a lot more to talk about Mm -hmm. in terms of products that you put on your body that maybe you need to think about and uh, those kinds of technical topics. And also in the bigger picture, just ideas of how to reduce stress and and what kinds of things you could eat that's beneficial, et cetera, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have to have you on again. Yeah. We'll jump into all of that on another episode because there's so much to talk about. There is. (laughs) is. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This This has been great. Thanks so much for having me. I look forward to the next time. Wonderful. Ladies make it magical. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of girlish gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for a new interesting and fun topic. Be sure to check the description of this episode for any links or information about the episode's topics and to find us on our social media platforms. And don't forget to download this episode, give it a good review, and share it with your girlfriends. The more interaction we get, the more episodes we can post. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.